You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited. One of my favorite topics. I say that a lot, but I do mean it. I'm Deborah Eckerling. I'm the author of Your Goal Guide and creator of the Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. I am the goal champion, and I also lead pre-event planning workshops because you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your community. You need to be learning. And every Sunday night, I lead the gold chat Twitter chat. And then on Mondays, I bring in three friends to dive deep into the topic. And as I said before, great topic today. We're talking about networking and social media. So I brought friends who love networking and love social media. So I'm really excited. So Deb Coleman, this is our first time meeting face-to-face. I was on her social trust Twitter chat and Twitter spaces a couple of weeks. Was it a couple weeks ago? Uh, but this is the first time we're like having a real people conversation. Very excited. Uh, Beth Granger, longtime LinkedIn friend, and Jeff Klein of Speaker Co-op, a longtime speaker friend. So we're gonna just have we're gonna have at it. So um, friends, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself, and we will go from there. Deb, let's start with you. Welcome, welcome. Thanks so much, Deb. It's so good to be here. I'm Deb Coleman. I'm a content conversion strategist, host of the Social Trust Twitter chat, and I help service-based business owners create, share, and engage with trust-building content that gets them more sales, referrals, and collaborations. And it's good in line with what we're talking about today, right? Because trust is everything. It really is. And so tell me real quick, how did you come up with this as like your niche? I've always loved social media. I primarily started with helping business owners create their content, distribute it and all that, but always had a sweet spot for social media, which came even more naturally to me than everything else. So when it just started really taking off, I realized, you know what, that's, that's the main thing I want to focus on. I created my Twitter chat around it and still help people with other aspects of their content, but there's so much opportunity for networking and connection through social media that that's really the place I love to spend my time. And it's how we met, which is, you know, bonus. Right. Absolutely. Us Twitter Twitter chatting people have to speak together. Well, great to have you here and meet you in real life on camera. Uh, Beth, good to see you. Good to see you, too. So I'm a trainer, consultant and speaker on the topic of unleashing the power of LinkedIn and networking. So my 
focus on social media has narrowed to be just LinkedIn. And I work with mostly leaders and people who don't think of themselves as salespeople, where they have an expertise and help them get consistent and confident in their LinkedIn and networking behavior. Because for those of us where the social stuff comes natural, it's like, what? What do you mean you don't love this, right? Yes. So what do you find is the biggest challenge with the people that you work with? Is it resistance or they think it's just for the kids or what? No, I think for them, it's a little bit of fear or apprehension maybe because LinkedIn is your career at stake. It's not like, okay, I'll put a picture up of what I ate for dinner. So they're nervous or they don't understand if I share content or if I comment on someone else's, who's going to see that? Will my boss see it? Will my competitors see it? So it's it's just a little bit of that, okay, this is my career. I don't want to make a mistake. Oh, so very, very a high LinkedIn, a high stakes sort of attitude. Yes. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to dive more into that as well because as you know, as a lot of people know, I love LinkedIn. I, I I love Facebook. I love Twitter. I love Instagram. They all have their place. But really, LinkedIn is where you need to be if you are in business. So we will dive more into that, I am sure. And Jeff? Uh, I have been teaching networking and more, most specifically the elevator pitch since 2004. And uh, my business at the time back then was an advertising agency. And I became a speaker teaching the elevator pitch. So my my uh, uh, most of my time right now is spent teaching people how to use speaking to get clients. So, uh, but we still do plenty of classes on networking and the elevator pitch and all that good stuff. Well, it's good to see you, and it, it really is all the different parts and how they work together. And so, my theme this month is networking. So each week is a different topic related to it. And our next week topic is the other thing that you talk about, about introducing yourselves. Then we're going to talk about referrals and recommendations and then hosting good meetings. So they're all little different pieces of the pie, but we get to do the overview. Fun for us today. And I think you've all delved into, you know, why you're you're loving the social. But what about networking? Beth, I was going to go to you first. I a lot to say about this. I wouldn't even have my business if it wasn't for networking. So about 12 and a half years ago, I thought I was looking for a new job. My life insurance agent said, oh, come to my networking group. And at the time I said, what's a networking? And this, I was very lucky that it was the group that I, the specific group that I visited because they come from a place of abundance. They don't track, it's not transactional. um, And they knew I was starting a business before I did. So that was convenient. Yes, it's um, so it has a a close, important to me, and um, I'll tell even more when it comes. It can go beyond so far beyond business. It can actually save a life. Oh, I feel like there's a story there. So can you tell the story? Absolutely. So um, someone very close to me um, was in the hospital and told they had a specific um, illness and the person who was the head of the nonprofit for that illness was in my networking group. I called her on the phone. She had the head of uh, oncology for the hospital contact me. He gave me his cell phone number and he said, you have any questions or problems, text or call. Wow. So that's so far beyond just um, 
getting a referral for business. I'm just mind blown, right? But it it really goes back to the fact that you don't know where information is going to come from. So the bigger the network, the larger the net. Deb, try and beat that story. No, I, I can't. <laughs> now that's such a good one, Beth. And I agree that that's the beauty, I think, about networking is that the the possibilities are really limitless. And I love that it doesn't have to have a sales component. It really shouldn't have a sales component to those conversations so much because it's too narrow a focus for one, and it just limits what can come of it. So I think when we are much like what I do with social trust and helping people do that with their content, it's not about the sale. It's about the connection with the person. And that helps relax everyone. And we share our values a little more openly. We tend to be a little more vulnerable to the extent that we're comfortable doing that. And that's where things like Beth's story can can take place because you get to know people to the point that they say, hey, let me put you in touch with this other person. And, and people do things like, you know, whip out their cell phone uh, number that they would otherwise not give. But that's because they learn to trust you on some level from the way that you entered into that conversation. So I just love it. I think it should be a part of every business. I know not everyone is comfortable in those settings, but the more that we can do that, and often it's by practice, the more opportunities we have professionally and personally that come about from it. And it really is that that mix of the personal and the professional as well, because you don't know. You need to be open going into it because you never know, as Beth proved, where any kind of relationship can take you. Um, so, Jeff, what do you think? Well, I'm, you know, we're all nodding our heads. And and the truth is, networking is a natural thing for a lot of people, but it's also a learnable skill. And and so, you know, sometimes people are intimidated. They say, well, I don't know anybody. And the truth is, every time you tell somebody that you loved a movie and they should see it, that's networking. You know, when you tell somebody they got a great haircut and you want to know who did it, that's networking. So we do it every day. I did it for years, but I didn't know that's what it was. I didn't know it had a name. And, and I mean, I was the guy when back, I used to be in the movie business and I was the guy that made sure everybody on the crew had my business card before they left the set. And I didn't know I was networking, but that was, it, it got to be a running gag that everybody had Jeff Klein's business card here in Dallas. And, and, uh, it got me work. It worked. But I found out later that that was networking, you know, and, and uh, making pe- making sure people knew who you were so that when an opportunity and they would say, you know, somebody would say, well, I, I don't hire what you do. Why? You know, I don't need. And it's like, you know what? Next week, somebody next to you is going to say, we need this. And you're going to go, oh, well, here, I got this guy's card. Give him a call. And and that's that's networking. Great story. And I. I too am very, one of my favorite networking tricks for the world that we live in, which is mostly online, is you want to have your um, your contact information, you know, your electronic business card on like a notepad so you can easily like copy and paste it into the chat at all times because for exactly the reasons Jeff said, the people you meet could meet someone tomorrow. 
who needs what you have to offer. So the more you're out there, the more you're out there. And uh, so Deb, do you have a favorite little networking tip of that nature? Let's see. So many actually, but one that I've been doing a lot more lately is the virtual uh, coffee chats, which again, like Jeff was saying, just the one-on-one interactions, whether you're handing out a business card or something like that is all part of networking and to be more intentional about doing that and meeting with someone without the um, pressure of some kind of a sales call or, or digging for a collaborative opportunity, just say, let's get to know each other. So a tip that I have for people is to make that more a part of your ongoing business goals and personal goals, to do them with more frequency, to reach out not only to new people, but to those who you have a connection with, but you maybe not know the latest of what's going on with them. It's a great way to build trust and nurture relationships and and network in a way that's usually a lot less threatening to people because it's one-on-one and it's over a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you like to do. Um, so I just encourage people to, to look for opportunities that are around us all the time and, and step in. And enjoy them. These are not painful experiences. These are supposed to be good and a way to learn about the other person and share about you. So love those virtual coffee chats. So easy to spiral. So, you know, set it as a networking goal to do a certain amount of weeks so you stay on track. So, Beth, what about you? Do you have a favorite networking trick? I don't know if I have one favorite, but one that just came to mind is the whole idea that relationships take time. So if you go in expecting that you don't even know the person and they're going to give you a referral, that's not how it is. It's that whole no like and trust factor and taking the time to get to know somebody. Yes. And again, you don't start with buy my this, I sell that. You start with, hey, tell yeah. me about you. Exactly. And the also the understanding that not everybody is going to be able to refer you. You may be able to refer someone, they'll refer someone else and that there are multiple ways to help each other. Maybe you invite somebody to an event, maybe you give somebody some advice. So it's not always uh, that you're giving to each other directly a referral. Right. It's the whole paying it forward. It doesn't always come from where you think it's going to come from. Exactly. And so, Jeff, what about you? Do you have a favorite? Giving. Jeff's favorite tip is giving. That is the key. You can unmute and talk. We just can't talk at the same time. I'm sorry. I was just having some fun. Um, I'm actually going to be a little unconventional because I teach people to give referrals the day they meet people. No like and trust is important when you give recommendations, but I believe you can introduce people right away, not necessarily to buy something from somebody else, but to talk about becoming referral partners and see if they're a match. So referral partners to me is how you win the game of networking. Find somebody or ask for somebody who is looking to meet the same prospects as you And that is a potential referral partner. And then you sit down with them and you see if you're compatible and you're somebody that you want to, that you can give and receive on a regular basis because a referral partner is the strongest relationship in networking. And then you wind up 
knowing and liking and trusting them after you get to know them. So where is your favorite place to meet people? We'll start with you on this one, Jeff. Well, I used to love to go to, I mean, I have a weekly group that I've been a member of for about eight years. And that's, that, I, I think that's still my favorite. But there's, you know, I teach people how to, how to work the room and, you know, do, a, do happy hour networking and teaching, you know, the, and now with virtual since the whole pandemic thing, I'm in two virtual networking groups that I do every week. So, I mean, my favorite is still, you know, belly to belly, knee to knee, as it were. But because I, I you know, I like people too much to, to just stay home by myself with the cats. But uh, so if I have to pick a favorite, it's in person. But there, but you don't have to go and be in a room full of people to network. You can network from LinkedIn is an amazing tool. But turn it into individual meetings. Don't just, you know, correspond. Turn it into Zoom one-on-ones, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Virtual is great. You can meet people anywhere. Deb, where is your favorite place to meet people? Uh, I think you could guess, Deb. I'm going to guess. <laughs> I'm going to go with Twitter in particular. All the social media platforms are excellent for this. Uh, Twitter, in particular, Twitter chats. And as you and I both know, by hosting them, they're just a great opportunity as a participant to go in and meet other people around a common topic or subject and and really get to network. And then much like Jeff said, and Beth has you know shared as well, that we need to figure out how to take that from the feed into a private messaging and or Zoom or some way to really make a deeper connection. But that's that's my favorite place to start. And Beth? So I can't pick one. To me, it's kind of everywhere you are is an opportunity. You could be online at the supermarket and that's a networking opportunity. So while, yes, I love LinkedIn, my first social media love was actually Twitter back in the 2010, 2011 time period. But so I love them all and they're all, you're going to meet different people. So depending who it is that you want to meet and engage with, be where they are. Like, like in the old days, people would say, learn to play golf. Well, if your community is on Twitter, be on Twitter. If your community is on TikTok, get on TikTok. And of course, LinkedIn is an amazing place as well. And so we have Gabe chiming in, who's also from Texas. He, he, um, waved dish hi to Jeff before. Um, and he said one of his favorite networking tools is live streaming. The direct connection is amazing. I completely agree on this as well. This show was born out of the pandemic. And for me, it's a great place for me to catch up with friends, but also have conversations with people I don't know as well. It's a good place to bring people together. And we have Melissa Green, who's one of our Gold Chat regulars chiming in. Networking is awesome. Yes, it is awesome. And that's what we're talking about today. If you've got a favorite networking platform or tip, feel free to share it in the comments. And in the meantime, we're just going to keep going on and on about networking. And something that that especially Deb and Beth mentioned was the connect in Jeff as well, the connection between networking and social media. What is it? How is it that they work so well hand in hand? Beth? So to me, what I love about it is it can go in both directions. So 
You might be in a networking group, a traditional networking group that meets once a week or twice a month, whatever it might be. And you can extend and strengthen those relationships using social media or the other way around. You can meet people on the different social media platforms and then bring that into phone calls and Zoom and even in person. So back in the day, um, if you remember on Twitter, a group of people formed, five people were having a conversation that grew into hundreds of people around the world who would have Twitter chats, who would have in-person get-togethers and people hired each other through it. People actually married each other through it. So the relationships that can happen either in person and bringing it to social or social and then bringing it in person. So they elevate each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so true. And especially over the last couple of years when we've had no choice, I know people are, are getting out and about a little bit now, but especially those first two years where this was the only option and to take things beyond the Twitter conversations into those coffee chats Deb was talking about before, or meeting people at an event, and then you connect. This is something I talk about a lot as well, is you're going to an event. See who's speaking, see, you know, follow the hashtags, make connections. And I believe um, before we went live, Deb and Beth connected before we went into this conversation. So it definitely all works so well. Jeff, what do you think? What is your take on the connection? Well, one thing that's that's important to remember, and, and people talk about, you know, how to network on social as opposed to in person. The key is to is to act as if you are in person. Don't don't get don't get lost in the anonymity that the Internet can give you. Treat people like you would treat them if you were in the room with them. You know, don't be making sales pitches. Don't be uh, don't be a jerk. You know, be a real person, be genuine, have some integrity. uh, And and and, you know, because we all get we all get way too many sales pitches and they would people wouldn't do that if we were in the room together they would they would do it they might they might pitch a little bit differently they might still pitch but but the point is think more about if of you're actually in front of somebody because you really are you're just in front of them digitally instead of analog right so and and, and one thing that that's really important I, I don't think the four of us are in the same city. So we wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for online networking. We're we're all living the example of what we're talking about. Absolutely. Deb, what do you think? I love everything that's been said so far. Uh, similar to what Beth was saying, I think social media is a, is great hand in hand with networking. No surprise. That's why you combine them for tonight's topic. Um, It's a great precursor to a networking event or connection, as well as something to do after. And and I'll be looking to connect with Jeff as well. Um, I just didn't have as much time today to get that done. But whenever we have these opportunities, when we're brought together with people, whether we're on a panel or you're at a Twitter chat or whatever, you're in a conversation on social that includes other people, you know, go the extra step. Look at that person's profile. See if you can reach out and make a connection um, because those are missed opportunities 
when you just chime in and then close the app and and not never remember who the person is or know how you can find them again if you want to. So so really, I think it's about using those two together. Um, and like I said, you may do the networking first and then go back and find them on social or go the other way around, find those social connections and then say, hey, like, let's have a chat. Or I work with people who will say, and share what networking events they go to. And they say, this is when you should check out. So always bring that into the conversation because we want to be expanding our own circles and making connections for other people at the same time. 127% for sure. And so I've got, um, well, I've got my LinkedIn life, which I love and my Facebook community and my Twitter community. And I love how they all come together on this conversation. And one thing I always say is as much as I, I love networking and events, almost as much as I love goals, because those go hand in hand as well, because you can't reach your goals without other people. So, uh, and this is why I started doing my, my pep talks, my pre-event planning conversations for people who want to get more value from conferences, mixers, and workshops, because if you plan ahead of time and you scope around and you make those connections, first of all, you have buddy once you're at the event. And second of all, you've got a new relationship and you have no idea there are endless possibilities. So what is your favorite, you met someone at an event story, what is your favorite conference connection or networking connection story? Do you have one? I, I know Jeff probably has a dozen. I, I'm thinking of 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 the uh, the negative lesson um, story that that I I just love to tell because it's just it's it's what not to do at a networking event. And uh, I, I have a couple, but this one really always strikes me, and people get it. Um, I was at a, a trade show, and and we were mingling. And we were doing the right, you know, we were mingling the right way with our, you know, show, we were turned so people could approach us. And this gal comes up, she's with with this other woman and they had, she had an armful of, of uh, brochures of some kind. And she says, you really need to see this. And she hands me a postcard, a big postcard. And I look at it and, and she starts talking and it's for a men's foundation garment girdles for men and I looked at her and I had again I had five or six friends right there and I said are you calling me fat and I I had I, I had to do it she deserved it it was the uh, the wrong approach it was a terrible way to get business and she and I knew she was trying to teach this other person how to do what she was how to be successful in this obviously direct sales company and I love direct sales. Don't get me wrong. But anyway, don't, don't do that. Don't find the, some trait about somebody that is might or might not be negative and use it to make, to try to sell them. So, I mean, oh my God. Anyway. So <laughs> I said, you know, you, you might find, you know, and I, I gave her the postcard back and I, I, I gave her a little short professional networking lesson about, you know, you might look for people who are also working with folks like trainers and maybe a massage therapist or an orthopedist or 
other people who were looking, you know, looking to help people get fit to meet so that you to introduce you to their clients or, you know, which is, again, that's the whole referral partner lesson. But that and that's the best way to grow a direct sales business too. not inundate your friends and family with the next thing you're trying to sell. It is such a good cautionary tale. And it goes back to the lessons we're talking about because A, you don't want to run up and try and sell someone something and B, you don't want to insult them. So that that's really is that kind of recipe for disaster. Deb, do you have a good networking story? It could be a positive or a negative because <laughs> all bets are off now. Sure, I do. And, and thanks for the question because I hadn't really thought about this one in a while. Um, and it talks about the power of networking and building trust and speaking up, which is kind of what we're all here doing. I was at an event with a lot of people and had an opportunity to stand up just super quickly and either ask a question or say something. I don't even remember what that was. And the woman in front of me turned around and then when it was quiet said, I, I'm so excited to meet you. I want to work with you. And I thought, okay, she doesn't even know who I am. Like this is, she must be mistaking me for someone else. And, and, and she wasn't, it turns out she knew someone who knew me. And again, the power of trust, the power of standing up, saying who I was and doing whatever that either ask a question or share and being in person, you know, again, just opened up the opportunity. She became a longtime client and referral source and friend from, you know, this one opportunity of being together. So there's so much power and we don't need to go in there expecting that, but be prepared that that is what may happen when we treat those opportunities, you know, with some preparation to make, make that come to be. So it was really fun for me. I love networking in mine. And I love what Beth was saying before about networking at the grocery store, because um, actually I learned that uh, it comes from my mom. We have somewhere a recipe written on a box. I think it was from lasagna from someone who my mom met at the grocery store. So I come by it rightfully for sure. Um, so Beth, what is your favorite networking story? So actually, it's really something, it seemed like a small thing at first, but it turned into something big. So uh, right around this time of year, so I go to a Halloween party every year that a friend has. And I, she had invited, the, she worked for a college and the incoming president and his wife were there. And I was talking to his, his wife and they had just moved down from upstate New York. And I say, oh, so what are you up to now that you're down here? And she said, well, I don't know. I'm, I was a lawyer up there. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do down here. I said, oh, come to my networking group. And so without any expectations on her part, she just, she came. The, one of the attorneys in the room hired her and has since made her a partner. So I didn't expect that to happen. She didn't expect that to happen, but going into situations and not, and being open to the possibility and just having the conversations. It's incredibly powerful. Well, sure, because if you don't have the conversations, you have no idea what's going on, right? And also, I, and I don't understand these introvert people types who have trouble with networking uh, because it is a conversation. And I think when more people approach it that way, it takes the pressure off. Now, I want to bring social media back into it. So is there a good... These are all wonderful 
IRL-ish networking stories, but I would love a good social media networking story. Do you have one, Beth? So it's not specifically networking in terms of approaching somebody or them approaching you, but the power of that expanded network. So I once did a post and it was something along the lines of, I'm looking forward to moderating a panel on social media and healthcare. Thank you, Northwell. That's the health system here. They were hosting us. And thank you, panelists. Mention the panelists. Here's what we're going to be talking about. One of the panelists wrote back, I'm looking forward to it. Very simple, right? So a second connection to me, somebody who didn't know me yet, but saw her response to the post, read the post, clicked through to my profile. At the time, my phone number was right there called me on the phone and said, I see you speak about social media and healthcare. We're having a conference this fall. What's your speaking fee? Now, could that happen every week, please? But it shows you that 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 second connection, somebody who didn't know me, who discovered me because of somebody in between us. And that introduction might never have happened. We might never have thought, I might not ever have asked, or that person might not have thought to make the introduction, but through content, it happened. I love that. I want that story too. (laughs) Well, yes. And the more people you can connect to and and keep those conversations going, whether it's LinkedIn or I'm guessing we're going to hear a Twitter story from Deb. So wherever you can start and continue those conversations, you don't know. So that's a good one. I like that one. Uh, Deb, what about you? So many. I mean, much like everyone's shared here, the opportunities are there every single day and in all different versions and and formats. And for me on Twitter, there have been ones that really focus on the this concept of trust and transferring trust or transferring influence, much like with Beth's story, that um, someone makes a connection for you over a conversation or maybe a more direct, like I've had someone say they're looking for someone to rework their Twitter profile. This was years ago. I didn't really do that. And someone said, oh, he sh- here's Deb. She'd be great. Person hired me sight unseen for a very super quick job that paid very, very well and never would have happened had that middle person not said, here's Deb and made the connection. So they're, they just happen all the time. Sometimes they're financial gains. Sometimes they're just more meaningful connections with people that help you personally or just to learn more about a new topic. So I just love it. It happens honestly daily, I think, for probably all of us to some extent. And it's a matter of recognizing it and then sometimes recognizing what led that to happen for me. So how can I create those opportunities moving forward? You know, always have a conversation expanders, not enders. When people say, hey, Deborah, come in here. You talk about goals. Um, What do you think? And you say, oh, that's really great and interesting. You know, shut the door. Obviously, you don't do that. But there are people who do because they say, oh, thanks for asking me. Here's my you know, two cents, but they don't extend it. Thanks so much. And this is what's really interesting for me, or here's someone else who will maybe have another perspective, like always look to, you know, not inflate the conversation behind, but beyond its natural abilities, but expand it and and contribute meaningfully so that you get remembered and you're known as being a connector 
and and people will then in turn want to connect you when it's relevant. I've never been accused of stopping a conversation, but I've seen people stop them flat. So really good point. I want to give a shout out to Liz Lopez, who's just joining us, who I met a couple weeks ago at a conference, connected, Facebook, LinkedIn, here we are. Thank you for joining us. And we're glad that you're enjoying the conversation. Because that's the first thing I do is even if it's, if there's only one link I put out, it's my LinkedIn. Because that is, that is this from a business standpoint, that's the starting point. And then you can let the conversations and find different platforms from that as well. Great tip, Deb. Love it. Jeff? Well, I, I mean, I use LinkedIn to check the people out I'm going to meet or even just remind me about who it is I'm meeting. Uh, you know, I, I meet somebody on a video conference and we schedule time together and and then I use LinkedIn to see who they are and what they're doing and uh, remind myself who the heck I'm meeting. You know, it's because they're a name on us on the on the calendar. Um, and sometimes uh, that I'll see their face, then their picture. and I'll go, oh, OK, please please, please put your picture, put a current picture on your LinkedIn profile, for God's sake, uh, <laughs> and help us all. But I also wind up when I find out somebody lives here, lives locally in Dallas, uh, invite them to my in-person networking group. Because, you know, we have a Wednesday business networking group that it's a 20-year-old group. And, uh, you know, I've been involved with the groups for about a dozen years. I've been a member for eight. And when I meet somebody who who is, uh, you know, looks like they'll be they'd be a good fit. I invite them to come meet, you know, come come have lunch and and meet some great people. And whether you, you know, if you don't want to pursue membership that so what come and have a, you know, have a good, good experience. And if you decide it's something you want to continue to do, great. And if not, that's okay too. But come check it out for sure. You know, so there's a lot of for me, there's a lot of crossover. But the big blessing for me in the whole um, COVID pandemic thing is that my business is now an international business. You know, I've got clients in Canada. I got my first Irish member last this last week. So, I mean, we're uh, we've I've had a member in Africa since the summer. So, you know, the the Zoom stuff that we could have been doing for a couple of years before the pandemic. You know, and I was seeing clients on Zoom, but we weren't really using it the way we we are now, just because we didn't. But we overcame there were some we had to overcome some fears, some of us, and I think for the most part we've done that. Absolutely, it it really was a steep learning curve from for a lot of people, and some people are still living in that that learning curve. But I say the same thing all the time. I've met more people in the last two and a half years than I ever could have hoped to, to meet. And I live in LA, which is a pretty big city. So, and it, it affords opportunities to meet people in different places. Now, we heard Jeff's cautionary tale against networking. Deb, Beth, do you have cautionary tales or a horror story that you'd like to share? It is Halloween month. I feel like horror story should be. Question, uh, Beth. Well, I, I have this webinar that I do called Nine LinkedIn Landmines Behavior to Avoid That Can Hurt Your Reputation. And we've all experienced this. There's behavior that 
people do. I don't know if they think it works. They've been guided wrong. I, I don't know why they do it. Um, the dreaded connect and pitch. So we hate that, right? How many times do you connect with somebody you're looking forward to getting to know them and they're pitching you immediately? You don't do that. It's it's and now even people have started to pitch in the connection invite. And for things that involve trust, like, you know, I'm a financial planner. Can I can I look at you? No. So I don't know why people do it. Don't do it. I so agree. I think I think the closest I get to it, usually my connection request will be great to meet you at blank. Let's connect. Or so-and-so said we should be friends. Those are actually, I think those are the two different things. Great to meet you or so-and-so said. Jeff, you, you have another horror story for us? No, no. I've, I've started. I, I use my connection request to invite people to our group, to my group on LinkedIn. Uh, when, it, when it's specific, when it applies, in other words, I'll contact speakers and tell them about our speaker group on LinkedIn as a way to engage. So, but that's not a pitch. It's a, that's Hey, a here's a community. Yeah. And, right. Here's, it's val It's offering value. So I got, yeah, I got a bunch of other horror stories, but we'll see what, what Deb has. I, you know, I, I think more of the same, like just in, 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 especially when it comes to networking, I think some people, particularly if they're not as comfortable, will prepare with a big focus on themselves. What am I going to say? What's my elevator pitch that Jeff's helped me with? You know, what, what do I want to accomplish here? What's the possibilities for getting people in my program or this in to take a step back from that and focus with the give, like we've talked about already, and Jeff has said that, you know, be a better listener than a talker in those situations, your turn will come. They will ask you a question. When I've helped people around their elevator pitch or invitation, however you want to call it, I would say, we want people to lean in and ask something. We don't want them to be overwhelmed by what we're saying that they just nod their head and walk away. So, so I think just the more that we can relax a little bit, think of what can we bring to the conversation with all these people that we're meeting, the rest can kind of take care of itself a little bit more easily because we'll focus on the connection, not so much like what am I saying and what's the script I memorized and um, so I guess, you know, horror stories would be when people get stuck in that loop or when we've, you know, I've been in that place before, you know, just thinking, oh, wait, how do I say it? Especially if it's something new or you're, you're launching something new, you kind of practice and, and it's important to just relax. I try to help people relax into their marketing, be themselves. It's going to be okay. <laughs> and, you know, like you said, Deb, if you have someone you can pair up with, it makes it easier. If you can practice with people, you know, first, I mean, there's a lot of things we can do to really benefit from networking, even if it's not our first love. Absolutely. Even if it isn't your first love, I, I, I think I said this on a, I don't know if it was in my, the last workshop I led or a conversation. It might've been both. If you don't love networking, just do it for a little bit, you know, give yourself a time limit and then a reward at the end. You know, I'm going to meet three people. And then if I'm still having an awful time, then I can go. But likely, if you just met three people, you're going to be having a better time because you've made connections. Beth, you have something to add to that? I do. I have a tip. Oh, good. So 
if you go and your goal is not for yourself, if your goal is for other people in your network. So if you say, okay, I know my referral partners want to meet trust and estates attorneys. So the next event I go to where I'm online at, I'm going to look for people to introduce to them. That takes the pressure off because you're, your look your your goal is not for yourself it's for someone else and then add on top of that curiosity so don't worry about what you do and what you say be curious about other people get them talking it'll all take care of itself i love that and this is a great transition into gifting goals to our audience so whether you're watching live or the replay or you're listening to this on the deb show podcast um we're glad you're here and let's gift our, our people with something. So is this the goal you want to gift Beth or do you have something else? I think that's, I'm sure I have something else, but I like that one. So at your next networking event or opportunity, make your goal that you're trying to help someone else. I love that. See, that's why I love these conversations because they sometimes just glide from one thing to another. And if you want to do a bonus goal, since I kind of hijacked your, your conversation and made it into a goal, I make the rules. So uh, in the meantime, um, Deb, do you have a goal to gift? I'd like to gift people to focus on the virtual coffee chats. They're low pressure, high opportunity and possibility. So I would gift people the goal of setting one up, whether it's one a week, a couple a month or, or more to make an effort to reach out and get those on your calendar with people so that you can take a deeper dive into that relationship. I, I love it. And I'm going to edit your goal just a little bit. I say one a week. And after you've done three, you could take a week off. Yeah, my own is one a week because I think they're highly valuable. But I think for those who <laughs> don't dip their toe in the process, you know, I always say start where you can and, and work up. It, the other thing is these chats, they can be 15, 20 minutes. They Absolutely. don't have to be like an hour. And that's one of the things that I learned early on in the pandemic because I, I did a lot of these, um, especially at the beginning because I met so many people. An hour per chat is a long time. Don't do it unless you really want to burn out quickly. So that would be my my horror story slash tip. Not even a horror story because I love people. Because So you can imagine how long some of my conversations can go if I let them. Anyway, so don't overwhelm yourself. Give yourself a reasonable, a reasonable time for them. So great goal. Jeff? What is your goal? Well, I would add 15 minutes is good for just a quick get to know you. But if you're really truly doing a networking one-on-one, -on -one, do 30 so that you each have 15 minutes because you're, you're going to schmooze for the first five or 10 anyway, before you get into talking about what you, you know, what, who you want to meet and all that good stuff. So, so do thirties, don't do hours that, you know, but, but do thirties. And um, anyway, so I was going to say, give refer you know set a goal to give x number of referrals at the next meeting beth took that then i was going to say set set a goal to do some one-on-ones deb took that so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to give you a goal 
to help yourself help other people network. I want you to make a list of five referral partners for your business. Now, a referral partner, again, is somebody who also wants to sell something to your prospect, but it's something different. So if you're selling makeup, who else wants to sell something to that person who is buying makeup? And it doesn't have to be have anything to do with makeup. It could be a realtor who wants to sell something to that person who's using makeup. But five people, and then start you asking to meet those five people when you network. Okay. I, I want to go a little bit deeper into this. So these referral partners, are these people you already know? Or are they ideal people to meet? No, these are prospective referral partners. These are people you want to find that somebody you know has a relationship with that you don't yet. And they're a job title. They're always a job title. So, for example, for the makeup salesperson, if you, you could want to meet an image consultant. You could want to meet, again, a realtor. Because the, the person who's buying makeup could also be a prospect for an image <laughs> consultant. Could also be a prospect for um, a realtor. Got it. This is great. And I'm, I'm going to add a bonus onto what Jeff said because I can't help myself. Um, I love going into these networking events with five people you want to have in mind. But at the same token, look at your network and see who already could be a referral partner who isn't already. So do all these things with new people, but also do them with some of the people you already know. Uh, ignite previous relationships, people you haven't seen in a while. So do all these things with new people, but mix in some old pals, old peers, former colleagues. There's a huge value in catch up one-on-ones with people you haven't met with for six months or a year or two. So that to, to reinforce what you were saying. Yes. I love those so much. It's, and you can even do the catch up one-on-ones as an email, make a goal to send five. Hi, how are you's a week? One a day to batch them all at once because you never know who from your previous life, from your network, who you haven't heard from in a while. Now I have, because I have the show, I always have an excuse to say, hi, how are you to old friends? <laughs> but you don't need an excuse to just to get out there and see where you can develop. As I was saying before, what a wonderful conversation. If you are listening or watching, um, thank you for being here. And please do comment and connect with all of us. And Deb, where can people find you? Thanks so much. People can find me pretty much anywhere on social media at either Deb Komen or at Deb Komen Writing. And they can go to my website. Thank you for posting that and grab some free resources around building social trust with your content. Awesome. And oh, I will be putting all of these links in the recap. So you can go to thedebmethod.com slash blog. The recap will be up tomorrow. So if you're rushing to pause or write this down, you don't have to just go to my website and you will have all the links as well as the links to connect with all of us on LinkedIn. Beth, where can people find you? 
similar to Deb, I'm sort of all over, but of course, LinkedIn is my favorite place. Um, and on my LinkedIn profile, people can uh, register to watch the replay of that webinar I mentioned, the nine LinkedIn landmines. Wonderful. Well, send me the link and I will put that in um, the recap as well. Absolutely. And Jeff, where can people find you? Well, I thought the link I'd share is where people can get some free networking education, including a free one-on-one -on -one checklist to use to fill out when you're having your one-on-ones. And that's at jeffkleinspeaker.com slash education. And it's a Word doc, so you can download it and write on it. I just ask you to leave my info at the bottom. That will be in the recap as well. And again, you can learn more about me at thedebmethod.com or uh, thedebmethod.com slash goals. You can learn about my upcoming event outcome optimization workshop, also known as Pep Talks. So thank you all so much for being here today, for, for joining me for this wonderful conversation on networking. Um, I would love one final tip from each of you. So Jeff, let's start with you. Uh, I, I like to fall back on the old Nike slogan, and that is just do it. Don't be shy. Get out there and just do it. And since we were talking about catch-up one-on-ones, reach out to somebody you haven't seen since the pandemic. Okay. okay. And, it can, and it can be virtual. Beth, uh, what final tip do you want to leave everybody with today? This is a, a really powerful strategy. We all like to look at who viewed our profiles on LinkedIn, right? but you do anything with that information. So if a first connection, so someone you're connected to, looks at your profile and you haven't spoken to them in a while, there's a reason. It could be nothing, could be they want to see how to spell your name, but it could be something big. So reach out and the wording I like to use is, notice you stopped by my profile, how are you? So I'm not saying, why did you stop by? Because it could be nothing, but it, it just rekindles that relationship and starts the conversation. I love that. I'm going to start playing that one because um, because I do it too. I will go, someone will come up in my feed and I'll be like, oh, I should see what's up with them. So that's a really great strategy. Love that. Um, I loved yours too, Jeff. Don't want to make you feel like I didn't. Deb, final, final tip. Okay. I love all these tips from Jeff and Beth and you too, Deb. Uh, I'll stick with social media and say that instead of opening up whatever platform you love to post, open it up to engage. So don't have your post ready. Just go out there and see what's going on. Who are the people? What are the topics? What are the conversations you can contribute to and step into that space? And, and you'll have lots of networking opportunities when you start with that every day. And one thing that's important to mention, and I can't believe no one said it, so I'm going to say it. The first word in social media is social. When you do your networking and your social media with that social tip in mind, the, the giving, the connections, the, the conversations, things can only go up from there. Um, thank you again, Deb Coleman, Beth Granger, and Jeff Klein for joining me today to dive deep into networking and social media. And again, if you're watching or listening, thank you for choosing yourself and your goals. So set those networking goals. You don't even have to think about what they are. We gave them to you. Um, go on out there and go for it because we know that you can do it.
thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.